Welcome back to the podcast. This is Chris, and I have a special bonus episode for you this week. We are changing our publishing schedule. We're going to start releasing our new podcast episodes on Mondays instead of Fridays, but we didn't want to leave this Friday empty. So we went ahead and went back to a conversation that Pastor Grant and I had following our recording of episode one. So we didn't publish this conversation, but it was just our thoughts and more of our heart behind that episode. And there was some good content in there. So I decided to clip together a couple of pieces of that conversation for you to sit in this week. And so just for some context for you, I'll go ahead and read the psalm for that episode so that you'll know exactly what we are referring to when we're talking about each verse. So this episode was Psalm 131, a song of a sense of David, and it reads, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. All right, enjoy the conversation. Thanks again, guys. We will be having a new episode drop on Monday. Take care. I I read Spurgeon's, uh, he had a sermon on um, the weaned. The, the the verse two. So he had a sermon on it that I read and he mentioned David and, and how we look at David and we see his life and uh, his rise to power, which is kind of a weird one when you look at it. He didn't really point that out, but his, his point was he was perfectly content in all stations. He said he was perfectly happy to be out in the field uh, as a shepherd boy. That's where he was. And then he was just bringing his lunch. And we we might think, somebody of ambition might think he came. Here's my opportunity. As my opportunity. Oh, now I'll shine. I'll show all of them. And he was just, again, in every station, wanting to do his best, wanting to honor God. And so in this situation, he showed up and he just looked around and went, this is not God honoring. Why are you letting them mock God? Right. And that's all. His zeal for God. And, and to honor him led him out to face Goliath. Because I don't know that very many people's ambition, I don't know that David, if that is the storyline, which I don't believe, the storyline is he was just really ambitious. Well, he had all of Israel, the best warriors, very ambitious men saying, nope, not me. So you, none of that is David saying, I want it. And, and, and he didn't point this out. Spurgeon didn't say it, at least I didn't read it. I don't want to say he didn't. But then I was thinking about the opportunities when David was on the run. Um, he honored Saul every, every chance he time. could get. And when he had the opportunity to say, in this moment, I can finally have all this amb- all the things that I've dreamed and hoped for. This is my moment. I can take his life while he sleeps. He didn't. No. And so that it reveals that his heart was, I'm content. To be on the run. Now he's crying out, we know, from the Psalms, depressed and worried. Why I have so many enemies and 
things are not shaping up the way that I, I might have thought, but through all of that wrestling and groaning, we, we see through his life that he was patient and he was going to do his best to honor God in every season, mm-hmm. not trying to take more than he ought. That's yeah. It comes to mind my shortcuts. When you're taking shortcuts to where you want to go, right? Uh, that's great for a road trip sometimes. And, and it doesn't mean success can't fall in your lap. That doesn't mean that's wrong. Right. But to not build the character you need to build at each stage, you're really not ready for what God has next. And so to, to shortcut that every, every example of the Bible where that happens, it is not good for God's people. Right. Um, Abraham takes a shortcut to God's promise and creates a multi-generational war that is uh, divided people of faith. Still, we see this. Uh, David, again, the shortcut with Bathsheba. He had other wives. He had other beautiful wives. Really is what undoes his kingdom later. So later he blows it. But that not trusting God has what I need right now. I could turn it all over. Desire, lust. Uh, longing is all I can. God will meet that. Uh, that's that's where we get into trouble, and right. that's a heart that is not trusting in the Lord right. now and forevermore. Right, that urgency. I have to do this now, even though God hasn't really opened this, or even though it may not be true. Right, we've not been weaned. We we we're not calm and quiet. Right, we're not trusting and. And our heart is set on that. I I have to have that to be where I should be, I believe. And so I'm willing to do mm-hmm. probably some immoral things or unrighteous things to mm-hmm. get there. Right. And miss what's in front of me. So for fathers, you know, there's, yes, we need to care and provide for our families. But at the expense of raising our kids, that's a failure. Right. That you will not be happy with a bigger paycheck if your kids uh, did not have their father. Like that is a failure, you know? right? And all these kids, church, same thing. Whatever my ambitions are, if I if I chase the wrong things, don't trust God's timing, and don't do this with the right heart to see the glory of God, to worship Him, and just do things to build a crowd. It is not gonna. It is not going to last, right? Yeah, mine. When you were touching on shortcuts, that hit me, and I think that's why this, the with the heart calm and quieted, right at the end here, that's what hit me the most out of all of them. And it's, I think, and I see it in my son, who it's a you know the little kid version of the grown up me. So it's kind of cute and funny when it's a kid, but when I see it in my own heart, it's like man, I should have mm. quieted that a long time ago. I have a. Mm. Uh, I'm impatient. So I'm a dreamer. I, I always want to to plan out and dream and scheme and create things, but I'm always wanting to see the end. I'm always wanting to, to, to get to the end of it, to know how it turns out that as a creator, there's some of that naturally built in of, I need to know, cause this is where my family's income comes from. So I need to know, uh, if I'm going to pursue it, there needs to be an end to it that is fruitful and, and there's so many things in the day and age we live in. There are so many things that I can spend my time pursuing. A lot of them aren't going to work, but some of them are kind of like what you say, hey, you have this idea or this mindset or this um, 
I don't know what to call it, your a motto, so to speak, of um, if it's worth doing, just do it. And, and we'll see. Morally. We'll, 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 get we'll just throw darts and something will hit. Something will stick. Yeah. Start. Um, and that's kind of how I create things. I, I, uh, the success I've had, I don't ever toot my own horn. The credit goes to God. But at the same time, you just kind of go, well, I pursued a bunch of things. And I just kept pursuing the one that had the most traction. Um, but I get really impatient in all of that. And then you, you start to let the worry and concern come in. And so there's a level of, it's not just ambition. And I, I would say that the root of it is trusting in God, but there's, there's that, there's sin involved in the, I've not learned. And then I'll, I'll equate it to what I was sharing with you. I've not learned to savor and enjoy God, right? Like it's the milk that I am really wanting and the weaned child is just as happy to be embraced in the mother's arm, right? Mm -hmm. They've, they've learned to say, I don't need the milk. It's just here and now. I don't know when lunch is coming, but I'm just with my mom and I'm okay with that, but I'm always wanting lunch. (laughs) And so the, with my son, I see it. He has this thing with books where he he really has he he just doesn't like uncertainty. Ooh, it really bothers him. And he gets really uncomfortable. It gets so uncomfortable that he has, you know, I don't think he really knows how to how he's even feeling. I think he just really he starts to feel scared and over things that aren't scary in, in a book. But he just wants to know. Is, and that's the thrill of the book. Right, got and that's what makes it fun. It's the adventure. <laughs> so that's what me and Carrie. That's what we're always telling him. We're, he's always like, "Can you? Can you just? Can you just read? Tell me what happens." We're like, "No." Yeah, and wait. it's like not even the end of the book. It's chapters or pages, and he's always wanting us to flip ahead, and we have to go, "Okay, well, no," because this is this is like you know. Sometimes we'll appease and say, "Okay, so we'll." We'll read ahead to make sure that the girl doesn't die, or we'll read ahead to make sure that some things that are really crushing doesn't happen without preparing you for that. But for the most part, especially now as he's getting older, we don't do that anymore. And he'll often choose not to keep reading. He'll often say, "Well, then I don't. Let's stop." And uh, well, I think God's doing the same thing with us, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I have the same thing with our girls. We're there. Uh, they feel the emotions of it, and I recognize it. It's that saying that I'm going through it. And God's mm-hmm. all like, "Trust me, mm-hmm. I know how this ends." But you got to, I got to teach you something through the process, right? And it's not, it's not a story without the conflict. You got to work through it. You got to grow through it, right? And life is the same way with the Lord. Um, but the adventure, the uncertainty, the unresolved situation, mm-hmm. it, it wears on you. It's scary yeah. if you don't believe, like. You know, I can put on a movie I haven't seen for my kids, and and they're like, "Well, how do you know it's going to turn out well?" I'm like, "Because it's a kids' movie." Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Every time. I know. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I know it's going to turn. But it's that same certainty we're called to have. How do you know? It's, I because I know who's in charge. I know who writes the story. Right. God has the final say. Right. And I can trust if I'm focused on Him and occupied with Him. It might seem pretty thrilling at times but in that same thing if i if i knew exactly how he's going to show up and when he's going to show up 
then it's all fun from here on out. I should be able to enjoy this and every, everything's thrilling. It's, it's an adventure, but it feels like terror <laughs> because I don't know how it's going to happen. That's, and that's, that's a trust issue. Right. Is what's the diagnosis for? Because I think of that and I instantly tell myself, Oh yeah, that that's a lack of trust. But then, but then I, I'm reminded and I say, no, I, I do believe this. I do believe God has always come through for me. Always. Um, but then you have that voice, right? Mm-hmm. That says, but you don't always, you don't always come through. You, not him, but me. But, right. We, I fall short. Fall I, short. Will, I yeah. might be in sin. I might be grasping at things and not know it. You know, I, it's the, and this might be a lack of trust, but it's one of my, like one of the passages in scripture that I wouldn't say it haunts me. I don't think there's no, no passage in scripture that, that haunts me this side of God's grace where I'm at. Um, but very concerning and not that I, not that I feel like I'm somehow not in God's saving grace, but it's Samson's story Mm. or that, that small phrase of, and he didn't know, Mm -hmm. like he had, he was, he wasn't aware. I don't know the exact wording, but as you can, like I said, it's not a passage I love, so I don't meditate Mm -hmm. it and, and read it a lot, but I, I've always thought of that of, uh, ooh, that's hard to, to kind of like, I'm, I'm running hard. And I think I've deceived myself that the Lord is with me in this. Uh, and nothing's quite working out. And so then, so that eats away at my trust. So I know he'll come through, but will he? Because what if it's me running? So, you know what I mean? What do we, there's some broken theology in there, some practical theology that's wrong. But what would you well, say? That's, to the, that's the pain. Um Let's take another example because I was actually thinking about Samson right? there, <laughs> where he has another moment of God's strength returning right. to him. Right. But he had to go through the consequences of his actions. Like, you know, our God is not a get out of jail free card. He changes our eternities. But you rob banks, you murder people, you, you blow up your marriage. You're going to live with those scars and the consequences in this life. Right. He can still do great work. It's not hopeless. Um, so there is a side of it when we have to understand, uh, and, and I struggle with this too, because I feel like so much of my call to ministry, I ran from originally. I wish I'd done different things educationally. I can look back to a lot of those things, and, and I wonder what if I had done things right. Well, I'll drive you crazy. (laughs) And so uh, my only real answer to that is to be honest before the Lord. Lord, I have done these things wrong. Mm -hmm. If if it's in the back of my mind, I did blow this. Man, I wish I could do it different. But then remember what he has done in spite of that. And now that I'm going to get to live my life as a senior pastor and have a fruitful ministry, even though I ran from that for a long time. Um, I thank God for what I have today. I thank God for the opportunity I have and what he's doing in me today. And so I feel like uh, living in that, that what if or what might've been the, the whys and the ifs, as we talked about earlier, uh, there's nothing healthy there. 
And so now it's, um, it's what could God do here? I can't go back there. Can't start over, but I can start today. And I, and God will factor all that in my ministry. The strength of today may be in the lessons I learned, but it might be a different future. I have to deal with that. Right. No, if, if you've ever done work with brothers in prison, you'll find some Christians or some of the strongest, most wonderful Christians you ever met. And they will never have a ministry on the outside of those walls. Mm-hmm. That, wow, what a little place to be. And then to watch their strength as they say, all right, I'm going to praise the Lord and I'm going to lead my celly to the Lord and I'm going to, and I'm going to grow and try to encourage the people I have contact with. Like, like I'm so amazed by their courage and their willingness to see what God could still do in their life. Uh, so that's my only thing. It's, it is saying, all right, let me not miss what you are doing now. Uh, even though you had to work around my mess and I get to celebrate. And to me, it's really, you know, Romans eight twenty eight through 29. We always quote Romans eight twenty eight. We know all things work together for the good of those who love him or called according to his purpose. We almost never bring in 29. And so we, we use 28 as a club to pound people over the head with who are hurting and asking these questions. And they're like, wait, this, is, this isn't good. Cancer is not good. My failure is not good. These things are not good. And it's unfair to say, no, it's good. God's Because it's not good, clearly. Mm-hmm. This is not good. It's not God's best blessed plan um, for whatever reason, a fallen world or all failure. But he does say, also, the good that's happening is he's using all these things to conform us into the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And you keep reading to make us more and more ready to sit at his table for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I, and God's worked with me a lot on this. That's when I said, all right, Lord. And I wept when I kind of got put all that together in my heart. And I said, all right, Lord, I wish I didn't have to be so much of a bother to you. I wish I could have just read your word and trusted you and grown on what seems to be the best plan but I'm so grateful that you know how to take a mess and conform him to get ready for what really matters. Mm-hmm. And it's not here and now. And so if I have, if I never have success that I dreamed of in this life, I have a seat at your table forevermore and what you're doing still matters here. So, so um, it is a much longer view. Mm-hmm. Um, our consequences the consequence of our actions do change our futures here, mm-hmm. but they don't change our eternities. So, yeah, it doesn't resolve all that. I wish we could erase it. And, and, you know, how many many spots back in your life would you like to go back to and have a duel? Mm -hmm. So I love about a video game. I could save certain points and not make the same mistake again. Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the. He's gracious. I think that's why. Verse three. I think that's why it's. I mean, it's literally what it says. <laughs> you know, we're talking about quieting our heart, calming, calming our hearts. And uh, I think there's there's no answer for it except for hoping in the Lord, right? Uh, so it takes our eyes when we're, we're we're looking at God coming through. That's still me wanting the milk, right? I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that He wasn't wasn't with me. That concern of Samson. It's still very much a, like, 
but I, I'm still like kind of going, but I need you to spoon feed me all the way through. And, and I need you to meet all of these like hopes and desires and dreams that I have when it's again, to go back to Spurgeon, it's the child who's been weaned, who, who enjoys the mother's presence. And so I'm, I'm looking at it and going, so then where, how do I quiet my soul when I'm thinking, but what about me? So then I go, well, just dig further down and then you, you get the cross, right? So if there's any doubt of, will the Lord come through even in spite of myself? What if it's my fault that all of this stuff is happening? Yes. And that's why the cross, that's why Christ went there. There's no... There isn't a second death. There isn't a second time. Like Christ isn't going to say, oh, I have to do something else for you. He, he already did it. He already did it all. Uh, and so, so if I'm filling in these answers, right, calm and quiet my soul. Remind me that, remind me that you died for me. Remind me that you defeated sin and death on my on my books. <laughs> um, and so, yes, I'm, I'm failing and my life might get hard. Um, but my hope isn't that my life will turn around because my eternity has already turned around. Right. I think with sore, the ones done to me, mm-hmm. it wasn't even my mistake, but I am facing a lifetime of pain and scars from, what I didn't ask for and what that God still got plan. I'm so gracious. Right. I'm thinking of Paul, I was thinking of Paul, I was thinking of Hebrews 11. We have all these by faith, by faith, by faith. And then we uh, don't like that last part, but then there was many who did not yet see in this life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in eternity they do. And then our, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But if this world wasn't fallen, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> the effects of sin, whether it's ours or others or just the world, have damaged everything. And that is the challenge of being a Christian in America. There are so many people uh, seeming to have you know, joy, happiness, mixed with success and telling us it's great. Um, and so we think if I have that too, if I look like they look, if I accomplish with it, then I'll enjoy that as well. Right. There is no, there's no treasure. There's no pleasure. There's nothing on earth that compares with what is in store for us. 